Do I have everybody's attention now? Welcome everyone to the Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova. We're going to be coming at you with a lot of great content. So go ahead, sit down, relax. It's been a long work day for most people. A lot of us, we've had this day off. So, And this is also, yeah, it's January 1st. So let's have a good time. I got my main man, Jonesy the Gent, on the show. So people, go ahead and give it up to him. Uh, Jonesy, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, tell people who you are. What's going on? What's going on? I'm Jonesy the Gent. Uh, many of you see me on uh, OJ, uh, Player Essence channel, um, big supporter of his, and uh, I'm usually around the internet here and there on YouTube, but just a regular gamer like most of y'all with, uh, with an axe to grind, so to speak. <laughs> all right, all right. We, we have some, uh, some topics we wanted to go over, people, and... Um... I think one of them we need to go ahead and get out of the way. I, um, should we do the rant now, or should we do it later? <laughs> uh, we can we can start out with it because it's it's. I mean, it's a branching topic, so I'm sure it's going to go off in a tangent somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead. Hey, go ahead and air your thoughts, man. I'll come in. I'll go in and throw some jabs here and there. So go ahead. All right, man. Well. You know, I, I, it's just one of those things where I've noticed lately that there's a lot of uh, Xbox brand hate that's been going on online, uh, specifically uh, Twitter, YouTube. Um, and I feel that some of it is founded, and, and I agree with some things, but the overall hate seems to be coming from ignorance or maybe, you know, misinformation uh, that stem from the launch of the system. Um, namely, you know, a lot of the, the, uh, Don Matrick launch of the Xbox one, uh, that went on back in, I think that was October or September of 2013. Yeah. Uh, right about the launch that of the system, you know, somewhere around E3, uh, they, they announced the system and all they talked about was entertainment, the NFL network package, you know, stuff that most gamers didn't care about. And they, they, they botched it and it was horrible. I'll agree, but they announced a lot of bad policies that were, they were planning on doing with the Xbox one, but they got a lot of bad feedback from it. And they, and as in Microsoft, pretty much cleaned house there at Xbox. Obviously, Matrick was gone, and a lot of the senior staff disappeared. Uh, and Phil Spencer took over and uh, changed the direction of the company, especially after Sony came out and pretty much just Xbox lights out at their reveal event and pretty much just blasted them for every decision in that launch. So was their only interaction or information that they had heard about the Xbox one. And most people, you know, were Xbox 360 users. Um, a lot of people started buying the PS3 late in the generation to get like last of us and the uncharted games. But, uh, there was still a lot of, 360 users out there and as soon as they started hearing oh microsoft's going to charge me for if i want to lend them to somebody they're gonna you know make me do drm and uh, always online and i have to buy a connect and you know you 
you know, man, all that jazz that was coming out of that event. And that was all the information people got. Yeah, it was really ridiculous. And actually, at that time, I was working for Microsoft and um, I was, where was I? I think I was uh, up in Redmond, Washington back when that was going on. And man, to say that that was a PR nightmare. Goodness, it, it, it was just, it was one of those things. You're over here like, can, can we just get this guy off the stage? <laughs> Especially when he made that comment when uh, they asked him like, oh, so if the person doesn't have all this, you know, access to the internet to be always online connected, what can they do? And he's like, well, is it the 360? I was like, wow, how can you? <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah. like the worst thing, and they they quickly got rid of him. But you know, and that's the thing that's funny is a lot of people actually don't realize that that's the state of gaming that we've gotten to now. We're always connected. Like almost every AAA game that's coming out is online only, and it's just it's so funny that even though that was a blunder that Microsoft technically was ahead of the curve knowing that that was the state that we were going to come to. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they unfortunately told the truth of what was coming in the future. And Sony saw that. I mean, it, it was really to Sony's advantage because they saw everything that Microsoft announced. And even if they were going to use, let's say, you know, only 60% of the same you know, policies that Microsoft was going to use. The fact that they got all that instant feedback from the Microsoft launch event, that was able for them to just, you know, put on the reverse thrusters and say, okay, we got a couple months, let's work on a, a launch plan. And uh, that's all they had to do. And I mean, yeah. you know, and even with their plans with VR, they kept them pretty secretive up until the launch. So it was like they had totally learned, like, you can release all these things that most people consider bad and people will buy it still, but yep. just don't talk about it before it launches because people <laughs> will get mad about it. And, you know, some of the, some of the Microsoft policies were actually really cool. Like they, they had that digital trade back policy that they were talking about where if you bought your games digitally, you know, they were, they were talking about, Hey, there's a way that obviously it's just a key, but, they would give you a partial refund or I think, you know, you probably know a little bit better than me, but there was also the, the talk of what eventually would become the games pass program, you know, with that launch event. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there was a lot of good things in that launch event and I, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, my launch Xbox one, my wife and I used that as our entertainment hub. I mean, we plugged our cable through it and, Man, it was nice just telling the the connect what to do. I mean, you just yeah. say, uh, watch, you know, TBS or watch, you know, this or watch this show and it would literally do everything with the cable box and it was completely hands-free. So neat idea, but it was just sad how they handled the event. But I, you know, getting back to to that event and and how it leads to the hate was I think that so many people, that is the only thing they ever heard about Xbox, the Xbox One. Yeah. And right there and then, with all that negativity, and then you look, and it's like, well, I, I've been playing on Xbox, 
but I'm hearing all this bad stuff and the PlayStation 4 is $100 cheaper. Yeah. I'm going to go with the PS4. See, and and that was the thing. I mean, back then, I I, I also feel like that people didn't really get so hyped up about the 1080p versus 900p or, you know, the 720p graphics until maybe a year after the launch or within that first year because when it came out, that was the only thing that made people not want the Xbox was like you said, it was, you know, that PR blunder. Then you had YouTubers and, and columnists and journalists putting out hugely negative, you know, press about it, which they're still doing to this day, which it, it, it baffles yeah. my mind. I'm like, okay, so you mean to tell me that you got something you can sit and connect all your entertainment into, like you said, you can run your cable box into it. You can run your satellite into it, antenna, whatever. And you're able to have that as your main entertainment hub, but that's a problem. Like, I, I don't get that. Like, it, and if you look, if you see right here, like I've got my day one edition hooked up to my wife's station. She'll play on it occasionally. If she's in here, like we're both, I got that one there and I got my, um, my project Scorpio right here. So sometimes we'll sit here and just, play back to back and, and it's just, yeah, man. yeah man it, it's so <laughs> like fun good old days <laughs> right and it's like when you look at it too so, some of the things i noticed that people also don't seem to understand about xbox is they've got the best servers when it comes to online like playstation's online servers are absolute garbage every time i've tried to play like, I'm huge on fighting games. When I try to play, like, Street Fighter, oh, yeah. King of Fighters, Mortal Kombat, Tekken, I'm sitting there waiting 15 to 20 minutes, hell, sometimes even 30 minutes, just to get a match going. And I'm over here like, really? <laughs> but if I play Tekken or Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite or even, like, Street Fighter 4 on the Xbox, then I'm able to go with... No lag, no latency. It's like, okay, I, I go into the online matches, boom, I got a match. If I'm playing Halo online, boom, I got a match. It doesn't matter what I play. If it's online multiplayer, it's there. And I feel like people don't give that respect to Microsoft like that they should. And it, it, it really, um, the fanboyism when it comes to, uh, I hate using the term fanboy, but it is what it is. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, but no, the fanboys there, there. Yeah, like when it goes to like uh PlayStation, it's there. Is people they see it as a, a dominant brand. They they see it as there's so many of them sold. Yes, there's more PlayStation 4 sold than Xbox ones, but how many of those PlayStation 4s that are sold are actually being played online? There's a massive difference between how many are played online with the PS4 versus how many people are connected to Xbox? Online. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, well, well and, and to that point exactly, I mean, you see, um, you know, everybody says, oh, man, Microsoft's in the tank, you know, Xbox is failing. But, I mean, I, if you look at the numbers for how many concurrent players are on Xbox Live at a given time, I mean, their numbers are crazy. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to throw a random number out there and act like it's fact, but I know it was, it was well over 50 million was their number. 
it's one of those things where they look at that and they're like, okay, we have brand, you know, we have users that are loyally using our, our servers constantly. That's Xbox Live users. They're paying for the service. And the thing was that Xbox, yes, they have their issues, but yeah. specifically, you know, with the quote-unquote exclusives, <clears throat> uh, you know, and a side <laughs> note on that, when the heck did exclusives become everything? Because, I mean, when, uh, you know, PS3 had tons of exclusives, tons of great exclusives, and I didn't see anybody coming out the woodwork saying, oh, Microsoft doesn't have any exclusives, and, and PS3 has all the exclusives. That right. that stuff didn't matter that generation. I mean, if that's the case, Wii U should have killed by a mile. Yeah, the, yeah, they had. that's true. <clears throat> and, and, you know, and it's just like, it just seems like just another thing to, it's, uh, what do they call it, another bit of ammunition to use. War machine. And, uh, you know, I... I, I I said it, you know, there's certain influencers that are, they're profiting from the console war. Yeah. Almost like, like daddy Warbucks, you know, and, and they're making money off of, all, you know, people fighting amongst themselves over this. And they, they, they just throw in little hand grenades and little mines here and there and, and just to stir up the problems. And I mean, I remember in that first and second year, late first year, early second year, they were dropped, you know, they'd be like, oh, you know, the Xbox One is at 900p, or version is at 960p, and, you know, this and that. But like you said, network infrastructure, better. Yeah. I mean, PlayStation <clears throat> 3's big thing was, our network's free. Yeah, free to get your... Uh, financial information stolen. So you know, <laughs> you know what was that like? Eighty million people or something? I mean, that was horrible. It was. was there a class action it suit was... against them? Yeah, I, I actually was a part of that suit. Um, Me too. I got my. I, I think it was. Yeah. I got my copy of uh, Little Deviants for the for the Vita <laughs> as a a payoff. <laughs> that was part of the deal. They actually had another one for um the Linux. Uh, apparently, one of the advertisements for PS3 was that they you could use Linux on the system. Oh and yeah, I remember this that. one guy. This one guy said, "I bought a PS3 just to use Linux." So that's false advertising because you got rid of Linux. So I'm suing you in a clash action lawsuit. But uh, you know, getting back to it, it it's just. That's what I was saying, man. You you get what you pay for. Yes, Xbox charges a little bit more for their online service with you know Xbox Live, but actually it's the you, same now. Is it They're the same? Both, did PlayStation? Yeah. Did yeah, they got the oh, price. Oh wow! Oh my goodness, man. So <laughs> there it is, man. There it is. You, you're paying the same amount of money, <clears throat> which used to pay ten bucks more, but honestly. In my opinion, ten bucks more was fine with me, but now you're paying the same price. But and and Sony uses that because I, I think they saw that if we keep this free, we're not going to be able to have the security. We're not going to be able to have the servers. We're not even going to have anywhere close to what Microsoft has. Yeah, 
it's Microsoft is Microsoft, you know, that's their business. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, oh, no. I was just, I was just going to literally say, um, you know, that that's their business and, and Sony just, you know, they need to up the game pretty much in that area. <laughs> so hopefully the money helps. <laughs> so we got a uh, power level Amy, you know, in the chat right now. Shout out to Power Level Amy. What's going on? So Amy? she, uh, two things she said, well, three things she said, actually four. four. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Rapid fire. <laughs> All right. So one of the things she says that I agree with, she says that internet free, the internet free thing is funny. Sony fans tout it as a big deal for PS3. Then free internet on the Wii up to the Switch is a negative, and now paying for online is for true gamers. And she also says that PSN still doesn't, and PSN sucks ass, which I agree because PSN is super slow. They constantly change the layout all the time, so nothing's ever where it is. The last time you went to see it, like before they used to have a PS2 section or PS2 classic section. Yeah. Now you got to go through all these menus to find it. Half the times, like if there's a game beta that's fully available for everyone to try out, you can't actually find it through the store. You'll have to go online through your computer or your phone, you sign yep. into your account, download it through your account, and then go to your PlayStation and then download it from there. And it's ridiculous. That's just like the other issue I have with PlayStation is I, I've got three PS4s. I've got two Pros and uh, one regular Slim. And if I save a game on one of them, I have to upload it to the cloud, download it to yep. another one, <laughs> and I hate that. Whereas on my Xbox, all I get, if I it, it just auto transfers, as well. yeah, yeah. And pe- yeah. people don't act like that's anything big. I'm like, really? <laughs> they look a gift horse in the mouth, as the saying goes. Well, and and think too of the. The home console function, which, man, if if you have a, a family, you know, if you have, like, like you said, with you and your wife, if you're in that kind of a situation and you have multiple systems, the home Xbox feature, which most most people still don't know about, this is one of the best features you can have. It literally, it's Microsoft slitting their own throat on software sales, but... Yeah consumer friendly they are you can literally go into your settings click this is my home console on your other home console on your account and then all your downloaded games are able to play on that console Yeah, it doesn't matter if you download them on another system or not you can play them on both systems as long as your account is on one system and then your home xbox is another system you can have two totally different systems in the same games, the same library. That's, yeah, that's that saves that's, you half the money. Yeah, it does. Um, it, it, it's just something is it, again, another thing that people don't, they don't talk about it because it's not controversial. It doesn't get them clicks. So I don't know. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, people, People listening and watching, don't take it that uh, we're just completely shitting on PlayStation as a whole. It's a good platform, but I I love the PlayStation. 
<laughs> I do really. <laughs> but you know, I know they, that sounds they... horrible, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there are some things that just it could be improved, and there's there's things that you know Sony needs to work on. Like, it's, here's another one: How come we can't change our PSN names? People have been asking uh, for that for uh-huh. a decade, <laughs> and we still can't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, my names are pretty much congruent between all the systems. But, yeah, I mean, for some people who, like, made their name when they were, like, 12 or something, and it's, like, you know, Randy Girl 6969 or something <laughs> like that, or, you know, Joe Smokes 420, you know, and they're, like, at their job and, and their boss is, like, you know, because at my job, like, you know, everybody's real chill and we're pretty much most people are in their like 20s and 30s so most people are gamers so you your boss is like hey you know you want to play PUBG with me it's like yeah but then you're like ah maybe i shouldn't add him because uh, my <laughs> name is smokes a lot 420 you know so it, it would help if if they're going to do that but they were going to announce it at psx no if it happened i you'd think we would have heard about it if it did so, I, think no, that I don't. I don't think they did. I mean, and that's something that I don't understand what that would be so hard for them to do. To, and that's a small thing because, like for me, I made my PSN back when I back. I want to say like my junior year of college, like two thousand nine, and mine was it, it was random because I used to make the accounts, and I know this is bad, but I used to make the accounts. When I got the free month trial, so. <laughs> <laughs> so what I hey man, had, we all did had, that back then, <laughs> right? So mine's is like Mikhail 1988, and I'm like, damn, I can't change it now, so I'm stuck with that one. And like, even though I want to <laughs> make a new account altogether, I can't because I've got so much that's you know stored on that. Like, I've got games for my PS3 that if I were to change accounts, you can't get anymore, like Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Or Marvel vs. Capcom yeah. Origins, you know stuff that they just delisted. I'm like, yep. I can't, I can't change chance that. So, and like, kind of like Amy, yeah. Amy just said in the chat, um, they're probably waiting to put the feature behind the paywall, which it very well could be. So. Yeah, Microsoft gives you the free one. Uh, they give you one for free, and then I think it's what ten bucks after that, or twenty bucks. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah I got a buddy. He's a uh, he's in the whole MLG for Halo, and uh, he changes his name like all the time. I was <laughs> like, man, you probably dropped like a hundred bucks on name changes, but you know, <laughs> hey. But I mean, I I really I love PlayStation. I I'm not a brand loyalist by any means. I I have pretty much every system. I mean, I'm very fortunate. And uh, I've, you know, always had a job to the point where I can afford to buy multiple systems or, you know, I'll buy the bundles when they come available. But I mean, I just bought the the Star Wars Battlefront 2 PS4 Pro bundle. And, you know, I do enjoy it. Uh, it you know, it I have the X and that kind of trumps that in visuals. But for a game like, and, and this is going to sound dumb to some people, but Res Infinite. I think that game is absolutely gorgeous on the PS4 Pro. I think that's one of their best exclusives that they have. And I mean, I know it's a niche game, but 
you know, my Sega fanboy love is, is coming out there a little bit. <laughs> Gotta love that res, man. You know, Panzer Dragoon, you know, the, the, the rails shooter kind of game. But, uh, you know, there are some really good exclusives, especially, like you said, the fighting games. You know, if you want the the all-time best fighting games from, from Japan, you're going to have to go yeah. with... PlayStation because Xbox doesn't get them. If you want Guilty Gear, I mean, I think some Blast Blue games come to Xbox, like a couple of them. Um, I think I know they the get Persona. The, I think they got the latest yeah, one. Go ahead. That's it. I think they only have like the yeah. latest one. But Persona, they stopped putting that on Xbox with 360. Yeah. 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 I mean, and and that was a really good one too. But I mean, even like some of the the niche titles too, like your um your wild guns reloaded um the now raiden 5 is on xbox uh one in fact it was an exclusive for a while believe it or not and and but the shooter of course you know old school top-down shooter but um physical version and of Mm -hmm. course once sony gets it release a physical version and they know it's going to do well because I don't know what it was. They just they they didn't do the physical version. They they didn't think people were going to buy you know that version you know. But I, I don't know. Definitely, uh, it's definitely frustrating because you you are getting one console or another for certain types of games. Uh, yeah. You want your shooters and your <clears throat> your simulators and stuff like that on definitely the better system sports games i i hands down your fighters shooters rpj rpgs obviously and uh you know any type of uh third person i I usually like them on playstation a little better so yeah each system has its strengths yeah i i definitely agree with you on that um, I, it, it's, I think a lot of people also don't understand how, like, especially a, a lot this generation, they don't understand why Xbox may not have as many full on exclusive Japanese games in comparison to the PlayStation. And that's really, that's always been a thing for uh, Microsoft. They've always not been able to penetrate the Japanese market. I mean, They'll sell some, but the Xbox just aesthetically, like the look of it, the size, it doesn't appeal to the Japanese. So that's why it's never really taken off there like it could have. But, you know, that also factors into why they don't get the games that, you know, PlayStation does get. I'm surprised that Monster Hunter World is coming to the Xbox One when <laughs> yeah. they, you know when they passed up on putting Street Fighter Five on something other than PlayStation PC. And I understand that Sony you know helped Capcom fund yeah. that, but I really feel like that was a very very bad decision on Sony's end because Street Fighter Five is the worst selling Street Fighter in history, which is funny. It's a great game. Yeah. It's just hindered 
by being exclusive. Yeah, I, I honestly, I haven't played uh, five yet. Um, I, I'm actually probably going to get it now that they have the arcade version. Um, but it, it, I, from what I've heard from everybody I know who's a big fighting person, they've always, they've always said this about five. They said technically the game is sound. It is one of the best fighters technically, but gameplay wise, there's just something about it. Yeah, it, it, you know, and, and I, I've just heard that from so many people. They just don't, you know. And, and I think that was the same problem with with Marvel versus Capcom uh, Infinite. I almost said four, <laughs> which is what we should have got. Well, hopefully they will do a four. But Infinite, it was like, what is this, man? Like. With with you know, X Men versus Street Fighter and, and the the Clone Wars, and you know that that was one of those things where those were amazing arcade titles. I mean, I had them on the Saturn, but basically it was the arcade ports, you know. And now you see like what they've done with that franchise, and it's like, man, this is just you know, pardon my French, but it's bastardized to hell. Yeah. And uh, I just think that we're, we're getting to a point now where a lot of these big name franchises are either going the route of they're retaining their their soul and their essence, like you know, like Mario, Zelda. Um, I think Gears Four was a good one of that. It, I think that one retained its soul. Um, Gears Four is amazing. Yeah, man. I, I saw somebody, I think it was in the Discord chat, they were like, oh, man, Gears 4 sucks. And I was like, man, this was my second favorite Gears game after Gears 2. Now, I know most people love 3, but 2 was my favorite. You know, and I just thought this one was really good. And I, I thought the story was good, too. I mean, I, I really didn't see any issues with it. So, I mean, again... All the systems have their strengths. Nintendo is doing their own thing, and that's what Nintendo's always been good at. You and the GameCube are proof that as soon as Nintendo tries to be like Microsoft and Sony, they lose their essence, and those consoles never do well. Yeah. And, and even to the... the N64, I mean, I know it was cartridges and that was weird, but for the most part, that system was trying to be like the other guys. And Nintendo just, you know, there's this place in the industry right now for all three of these companies. And and I would go out on a limb to say we need, we as the consumers, need all three of these companies to do well for us to win. And you're so right about that. And it's funny how, you know, the mindset of a lot of people is that, and I remember back in the beginning of 2017 and the end of 2016 when the Switch was announced, people were saying that, you know, they wanted Nintendo to just die and go third party. And then they were doing the same thing with Microsoft, saying the Xbox is bleeding Microsoft dry. When reality is not people, Microsoft has billions upon billions, if not trillions, throw away. But there's a market for all three platforms. There's something for everyone. And even Microsoft and Sony themselves have said that an industry without Nintendo is in trouble. 
you know, and it would go either way. We need there needs to be three. There needs to be, you know, opportunity for something to be on each one. And I mean, you need your multi-plats and hopefully when Sony gets their foot out of their ass, we'll be able to have cross play with, you know, multiple consoles. It needs to happen. That would be real nice. But, you know, having the opportunity to have, you know, if you want portability and hybrid like console, go to Nintendo. If you want, you know, Japanese exclusive games, fighting games, RPGs, go with PlayStation. If you want the best online experience and best multiplayer, go with Xbox. See, there's something for everyone, you know? And I feel like you've got people... I'm going to go ahead and say it, like BG and Weapon Wheel people that don't seem to understand that we need choice. Like having a lack of choice is only going to lead to more frustration. I mean, how many times have we had cell phone companies try to buy out another? We had the AT&T, um, was it AT&T and T-Mobile trying to merge at one point and Sprint and yeah. T-Mobile and then Verizon and someone else? Like we can't have that kind of monopoly because when you're limiting choice, then it's going to be stuck with, with this is what it is. If you don't like it, then, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tough. Tough. Oh, I mean, and, and that's, the, that's the funniest thing about it all. And it's kind of ironic is, is you remember, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was an executive with, uh, a lower executive with, with Microsoft. And do you remember what he said about when they said, oh, well, I, why should I have to pay for the games twice or something like that about the Xbox launch event and he was like deal with it and and he obviously got ran out of town and you know his life was basically ruined (laughs) I think he released a VR game recently so I think he he jumped back a little bit but you know the whole thing was that was such a meme for so long about Microsoft oh Microsoft says just deal with it but yet now we have this mentality where Microsoft should die and we want just Sony, but Jesus, Pete's man, do people have that short of a memory? What do you remember the PS3 launch event? That was oh a my goodness! <laughs> you I'm glad you brought that up too. Seven hundred dollars for a console, and if you don't want it, you have to take out get another job. Like <laughs> I was like, Jesus, man, why you're telling people to get another job? Like. <laughs> I got mine on a monthly payment installment plan back when I was in college. Yeah. Didn't it? It started at what six hundred, seven hundred? That PS3. It was. Expensive. It was. It was six hundred dollars, I think, for the highest gigs. And and I remember that one played PS2 and PS1 games, so it was worth it. You know, that was the whole, the whole shebang, man. And and you know those are actually those launch ones are kind of hard to find now, just because. I still got mine. <laughs> hey, yeah, lucky man. I bought one off a guy for like twenty five bucks, and I looked at it, and it was like it was the George Foreman style ones. And I, was like, <laughs> oh man, I was like, I got the George Foreman grill, and man, I went to I put a PS two disc in. It was just like spit it back out at me. It was like, nope, I'm not reading this. But, you know, it, it was just like I said, man, it, it's one of those things where we needed Sony back then to get their ish together so they yeah. could take on Microsoft to keep Microsoft humble. And look what happened. Imagine if Sony would have failed and limped on, you know, during the PS3 
and then Microsoft announced all that stuff with the Xbox One. Do you think they would have changed any of those policies, the the bad ones that nobody liked? They'd have been like, well, you can either go with us that we we're good, but we have bad policies, or you can go with Sony that is limping. You know, your choice, but neither one of them's good. Yeah. So at least there was a PlayStation at that time to keep Microsoft honest. But what what the problem is is when you get the fanboy, you know, and and I hate that term too, man. But I I don't know how else to explain it. Fanboy brand loyalty, but I mean the loyalty seems like it's like bought and paid for half the time, you know, and. At one console future, which some big outlets have been pushing all generation long, the type of gaming future that we want uh, as consumers, as gamers, as as anything, we do not want that future. And, and that's really my axe that I have to grind is that whether you like the Xbox or, or don't like it, whether you have one or don't have one, it's behooves everyone who is a gamer for Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo to all be successful, as yeah. well as the software companies too. I mean, yes, <clears throat> EA is a bum, but I think they're going to probably end up learning from their mistakes yeah. same way Microsoft did. You know, I mean, it only took Disney, you know, shoving a very, very big size 21 foot up EA's ass to, <laughs> to make them chill out. And that's the thing, too. There's so many people that have been ragging the Star Wars Battlefront. Like, I have it for PC. I got a, a – basically, I got one for free for reviewing one of their mobile games, which was trash, but – I did the review and I got I got a code for that and you know I enjoy Star Wars about and I'm not even a Star Wars fan but I enjoy the game for what it is but I can understand the issues of the microtransactions and how they can upset people to feel a certain way and yeah you know maybe there's some validity and and we need to boycott them to teach them a lesson and have bigger organizations and now we've gotten to the point where there's you know states are suing EA over it, you know, like Hawaii was one of the first ones to yeah. be public about it. <laughs> I was going to say. And it was kind of funny because my wife's family is into a lot of the politics out here. So when I heard that, I was like, damn, EA really fucked up. They got Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> the quietest state to come and yeah. say something? Okay. Everybody's just you chilling know? out, but they're putting their foot down. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, if it takes that to happen to regulate them, good because i've had an issue with the whole practice of dlc from the get-go why you know and even capcom is guilty of this too because when i forgot the name of the game i think it was um oh shit i can't even think of the name of it. it was some game that came out in 2012 or 2013 where the only way you could get to the last chapter of the game is you had to buy the dlc and I can't. Amy's in a chat. I, I think you know what game. I'm Remember talking me? About. I, no, not. Did that one have it too? Uh, I don't. I don't. Uh, what game was that? It had that that guy. It wasn't who was Lost like Planet. 
He's like a fighting. Oh, Asura's Wrath. Yeah. I remember now. Asura's Wrath. Yeah. They had the, the, they had the regular ending and then they had the, the real ending. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is crummy when they do that. Yeah. It's like stuff like that just grinds my gears. And the thing is, a lot of people think that EA was, is the worst for doing that, but this has been going on for a while. And especially yeah. like if you pick up one of those uh what's the tail series oh, like if yeah. you if you go on PlayStation Network and you look at the DLC stuff it's crazy. All that for a freaking outfit? Like really? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, and, and and I mean, do you, you remember the whole infamous horse armor from Oblivion? I mean, that was such a huge deal, but then, you know, You've had even bigger sins with, you know, well, look at what a popular one. Team Fortress 2. The game is populated by hat sales, you know. And, well, it just seems like some folks, they want to rag on things that they don't like. But when it's something they do like, I don't know. My dad always, he had these sayings. And one of his sayings was, I until it's there ox that's being gored and and you know basically what he was saying was people don't care unless it affects them and yeah. it's like you know if i'm playing a game here like let's say i'm playing you know the witcher 3 and uh i get 16 pieces of dlc for free hey man i don't care it don't bother me i'm getting free dlc all day i love dlc but then as soon as you go to fallout 4 and uh, they're like hey you have if you want more content you have to buy a 30 dollar or what was it 20 dollar or 30 dollar you know season pass and then it's 50 dollars eventually or whatever it was um i bought mine with a to get the nuka cola so i don't i don't know what the original <laughs> the the up price was i bought it at launch but you know the thing is, is that that person who bought the Fallout 4 one, they're going to be like, oh, I hate DLC because I have to pay for it to get extra content. But I, I agree with you in the fact that I don't like it when it is like the real, if you want the real ending or if you want the the good guns or if you want this and that. I hate that kind of stuff. I hate it too. But I hate when they give you the, the nicest armor or stuff early on in the game, especially like RPG games. They're like, you can get the, the dope armor right away or the really nice weapons right away. If you pay $2 and I'm like, well, hell it's two bucks, man. I'll do that all day, you know, but Pre-order the it game is one to of get things. this exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then eventually it's, it's a, well, I remember with um, fallout new Vegas, it was the, the courier's pack or the courier stash. You literally got all kinds of, it was, um, it was four different armor sets, four different weapon sets Four. I mean, it was just, it was, it was an awesome little bonus, but then it only came with the pre-order and then you had to buy it and it was three bucks. And it's like, hey, for pre-orders, eventually it should just be free. You know, it shouldn't be a thing, something you charge for. Same way with like story missions. Like, unless it's an extra content. Like, 
I think of I, I think Bethesda usually does it pretty good, and I'm not going to bash them too much. They handle DLC pretty well. Same way with with um, CD Projekt Red with The Witcher, they handled DLC well. If it's a if it's a whole new experience and you're going to get ten to forty hours out of it, now obviously The Witcher is a bit much, but if you're getting ten hours for a few five bucks, that's not bad. I I don't have any problems with that. But when you're paying for the real ending and and I was not a fan of the Broken Steel DLC for Fallout for that reason. But the other ones were great. But, uh, you know, to add, to charge people for the complete game is, that's not right. Yeah. You remember, um, it was a game Evolve that came out back in 2015. No. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I remember that one. God, the DLC was ex- <laughs> That's did that studio so shut down? Todorock Studios, did they uh, shut down? I don't think they shut down, but I just don't think they're doing anything. So I think it's like a one of those hiatus things. I I don't think it was official or anything cuz they were they were guys that worked on Dead or Alive. And then I think they started Turtle Rock or whatever. And then Evolve was supposed to be, I mean, you remember, man, that was supposed to be the, the, the next big thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it demoed really well. I mean, yeah. that was one of those games where I remember watching, there was so much content on that game. It was like, man, this is one of the most fun games I've played. And da, da, da. and that, that's, you know, speaking of that sort of thing, I mean, that's what worries me with Sea of Thieves too is that, I mean, it demos very well, but it's like, okay, it's fun for 30 minutes. We know it's going to be fun for 30 minutes. What What's it going to be like when I play it after 10 hours and 30 minutes? You know, those are, those are those experiences where I want to know about that. But, you know, on the DLC topic, man, the whole Evolve thing, I mean, they were charging like 15 bucks. For an extra monster skin, you know that's that's <laughs> insane. Oh man, and, I remember. Well, I think that's a free to play game now. If I'm if I'm correct, yeah. Uh, they yeah. they changed the model because and they still can't get anyone to play. <laughs> no, I mean the ship the ship sailed. It's like that. Um. Oh, what the hell's that? The Cliffy B's newest game yet. Oh, Lawbreakers. Breakers. It's just like that, man. That ship is sailed. Nobody's getting board on board that game ever again. I mean, not unless they bring it to a new platform. I think if they bring that thing, if they can figure out how to get it on the Switch and the Xbox One, I think he can save himself. You you remember but, what the um I know there was a controversy back with it when people were asking for it to come to the switch and they put out a tweet saying that <laughs> it wasn't enough buttons. Oh my yeah. god, they got roasted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They they need to they need to count before they make dumb statements like that. Well, and I mean, say it, say it, like tell the truth. Like I hate that man. I hate that so much. You know. I, I literally hate when when that's the thing is like developers, you know, they they 
instead of saying, look, we don't know if it's going to run on the system or not, but we're going to do everything we can to figure it out. Instead, they do this half-ass PR speak, and then they just come off sounding like assholes. So their whole yeah. goal was not to upset anybody, and really, they upset everybody. <laughs> so <laughs> I just don't – I don't understand that whole mentality that's going on right now. And, and the switch, I mean, you know, getting on to that topic, you know, I posted on Twitter earlier like – that was a that was a platform that was getting so much hate, so much at the beginning of its life and and after the launch event, man, everybody and their brother was was hating on that system. And I'll tell you right off the bat, like I'm not a Nintendo fan, never really was. Uh, I played the Super Nintendo, and that was my last home console. And uh, you know, I ended up seeing that launch event for the switch and i was like man this system speaks to me you know playing portable uh triple a games on the go you know just popping it off it i love remote play on the vita when it works <laughs> i mean that's the caveat when it works it's great yeah. but uh you know literally everything I wanted from from the Vita and I was like this is awesome I mean all those people that supposedly love the Vita and all I all I see is oh this sucks oh, this is trash oh, you know and I just I literally got to the point where I was just like give it a chance you know yeah. give this system a chance and I literally told so many people I think this system is going to be something special because the Vita and the PSP were so close, but, you know, they just couldn't – they didn't have that certain something. And I think the certain something was Nintendo's brand behind it. Yeah. Nintendo Portable <clears throat> kicks ass. And, and see, that was the thing, too. Like, I remember when people were just straight up just shitting on it, left and right. They're like, it was going to – I remember Rich, Review Tech USA, he was swearing it was going to fail. Dreamcast guy yeah. was swearing it was going to fail. And, like, so many people were. And I could never understand, like, what the need for all the hate was. Because it's, it's just – it's like, can you guys just wait for it to come out? First, you know, like rapid reactions. I, I know, and it's. I think the thing, and it really comes down to negativity. Just gets clicks. It gets. They have to do something. You know? Yeah. They, 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 no. They've gotta... <laughs> you're 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 absolutely right. And like I literally, I I said something to uh, OJ some time ago. Um, I literally told him, I was like, you know, can we just give a, a system some time to breathe? Do we have to announce whether it's, you know, a success or failure within the first five days? I mean, I just saw, you know, a, a video literally saying, oh, the Xbox One X sold great at first, but it really tapered off. System's been out for two and a half months. How is, how can you even accurately tell what's sold well at first and tapering off it's had two months it sold a ton at black uh, launch and prior yeah. to black friday up to black friday and then after black friday it hasn't sold much but 
what has any of the systems sold since Black Friday? I would suggest probably not many because, I mean, in, in other parts of the world, I'm sure they do. Like Japan, I know the Switch sold very well, 150000 a week. But here in the States, it's do well on that one, one week. I mean, you know, you've been in retail. It, you kick ass. I worked for Amazon, man. We kicked ass up until just about the week after Black Friday. And then sales tapered off. We were dead. So, you know, it's one of those things where I, I think people just need to chill and and chill with the clickbait titles. Chill with the Xbox hate. Chill with the Switch hate. And just relax with the fanboy <clears throat> pandering. I mean, for real, I haven't seen this much. And, you know, the fanboyism now, like, if, if we were to compare it to, like, the 90s when we had Sega versus Nintendo, I don't even think it's the same type of fanboyism. Because back then, you know, it literally was you were about one platform or the other, and there really wasn't that many cross-platform multi or multi-plat games. Whereas now, it's like, what controller do you want? Do you want a PlayStation 1 or a Switch 1? you want a PlayStation 1? It's really come down to that. Where, you know, and people are just so, I want to say invested. Like, they have stock in the companies, and I, I, I really want to know, like, <laughs> What board meeting are you sitting on where this, whether it does well or it doesn't, it affects your livelihood? Like, you know, I'm <laughs> like you. I don't have a brand loyalty to any of these consoles. You know, I've been fortunate enough to be able to buy them all, you know, and grow up in a household where we had both. And we were the only kids growing up that had Sega, Nintendo, 3 d 3DO, CDI, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. and it, it's that's just what it was. But the a lot of these people now they're just oh my god man it's it's just ridiculous this hate like I, I don't understand what it does for people I, I really don't like it, it it doesn't and I, I see the clickbait titles which I really I fucking hate clickbait titles I've unsub from so many YouTubers due to the clickbait especially like. You know, as everyone knows, I've been on Xenoblade Chronicles 2 heavy <laughs> for a month. <laughs> and I saw people put out reviews the day it dropped, within the week after it dropped. And then they're like, oh, well, I beat it within 50 hours or whatever. And then I can go on the oh Nintendo my God. and I can see they put like so 10 terrible. hours into it. And it's like, <laughs> real, you know, like realistically, like there's so much in that game. There's no way that you can beat it within 50 hours. It requires you to do a lot of side quests to grind. And so for me to see these guys putting up a review, like I don't, I'm not going to review this game, but I'm technically reviewing it or I'm giving an opinion on it. Oh, it's typical anime. I don't like anime, blah, blah, blah. Like you guys aren't even really reviewing it. No. It's it's just straight for the clicks. That's just like um what's another game that came out really that came out did really well, but people Oh Tiny Metal. How you had so many YouTubers 
jumping out doing rant videos talking about the company was laundering money and all this other stuff. And then for it to come out that it was an ex-employee who was bitter, they got fired. <laughs> and now these oh YouTubers, they, they, what they did was they took down the video instead of, you know, it, I don't know. doing a mea culpa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I've noticed that a lot. And I think that goes into the whole rapid reaction uh, society that we live in right now. I think that the the big difference, and I know me and you have had this conversation before about broadcasting compared to YouTube right now, is yeah. that broadcasting, they have that structure base where you have to get approval before you put something on air. You have to, I mean, even no matter how story is, no matter how defaming a story is to anybody, even the president of the United States, no matter how it is, they have to get approval first. And they get approval, and it's pretty quick. I mean, they, they could probably get approval in like minutes, but still, they get approval. And what happens is is that you have a lot of people who they don't have anybody to say, oh, that's a good idea, or, yeah, that's a, that's a horrible idea. Never do that. <laughs> you know, they don't have that. They have a, you know, they have the cartoon devil on one shoulder, and they got the angel on one shoulder, and probably the angel never showed up. So right. they just release that, they release that content, and they just say, eh, for good or ill, I, the video's out. And then when the truth comes out, then it's like, ah, crap. Oh, well, I'll just delete the video, like you said. Exactly. And within a couple hours, people forget about it because the way that YouTube works is there's so much content coming in that the chances of you going back and looking at it are slim to none. And then that's just sad. And, uh, you know... I definitely – it makes me worry it for internet streaming as as a viable future content, uh, so to speak. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't want to see like you know 20 news stories that – can I trust it? You know what I mean? I want to watch somebody and be like, yeah, that's a that's an accurate source. And – it's just really it's really getting to the point where you can release a video and say, Oh, my friend's brother's cousin told me this rumor and and I'm not saying it's true or anything, but I'm just telling you guys and now I'm gonna give this long winded speech on why the if the rumor's true, this is how I feel about it. Yeah. I mean and it really comes down that to that. Like fly. like how th- there's no journalistic integrity for a lot of these YouTubers and content creators that I'm seeing. And it's, it, it needs to, Oh my God. People in chat with Dave from uh SMD. Oh God. <laughs> um, um, I don't, I don't even know if we need to say anything about it. <laughs> I, I mean, all I can say is dude bet on the wrong horse. He, he really did. multiple times apparently but you know the the thing that gets me with a lot of these guys there's no they call a lot of them call themselves journalists or gaming uh gaming insiders or or industry insiders the thing is if you really 
really are an insider, you don't need to broadcast it for one. People would nope. know. And, you know, there's so many that are just, and I'm seeing it, and I'm not trying to take shots at anybody, but I'm seeing a lot of these, these you know, content creators is they're taking an article from someone else and then regurgitating it. And so, you know, I had a, co- a conversation with another a YouTuber about this, and we were both saying, like, where is the investigative journalism? And, you know, people actually reaching out to these companies to find out the truth of what's going on. There isn't. You know, like case in point with the um, WWE 2K18 for the Nintendo Switch, a lot of people are saying, you know, like all the YouTubers jumped on it to say, oh, it was horrible, it was crap, you know, this, this, and this. But they don't understand what was actually going on. Like, I reached out to Blind Squirrel. I, I reached out to, you know, uh, 2K. And basically what was going on was WWE saw that the Switch was doing really well. They wanted the game out by Black Friday. 2K and Blind Squirrel were like, we can't get it fully optimized in time for that to come out by that time frame. We need either by the end of December, maybe beginning of next year. And to 2K, well, I mean, to WWE is unacceptable. So they gave them an ultimatum. And so that's why when it dropped, it just dropped out of nowhere. And instead of a lot of these guys going and reaching out to the companies, they're going off of assumption, you know, articles that they have no way of fact-checking or validating or just regurgitating. You can go through, like, if you search something on YouTube, you can see 15 different YouTubers all with damn near the same title yep. for their video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're all the same thing. Even, you know, Doc Trey 81 he actually put out a tweet last month where it was him, and um, he posted something a day before. Uh, shit, I don't know if I should say his name because I might get in trouble. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble, but, man. But you know, he put out a tweet from you know a YouTuber that calls himself an, in, an industry insider. Mm. So on two different occasions, and it was the same thing that Doc Trey said, but it was reworded. Oh, man. Point for point. You know, it, it's, 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 it's just, you know, they need PR firms. They, they need people to keep them Definitely. in check. They really do. Yeah. No, and I mean, and, and sometimes it helps. Like, it, it really would help if, if. I mean, I know YouTube provides, you know, what is it? They're like an ambassador program for you guys or whatever. But, I mean, I have no clue how deep that is. I mean, you guys get contacts or whatever. But, I mean, at at, at what point is there – you got to have some kind of structure. I mean, there needs to be that structure. Any type of, of uh, well-oiled machine has a, a good foundation, a solid structure, and some uh, – you know, structural integrity. And that's exactly what you need. And I I just, I'm very disappointed that sometimes, like you said, a lot of these insiders come out and they just 
throw 20 stories and it's like spitballing. I mean, it's like I'm going to shoot 20 different rumors out and one of them is going to stick. And I think, I mean, you remember the whole, um, what was that? It was probably about five or six months ago. The whole screenshots of Smash 4, the Switch, those fake screenshots came out. And where somewhat legit, but then as soon as you put them under a microscope, you're like, oh man, these are fake. But I think it was one of those things where the person who put them out, it was smart. They were trying to get Nintendo to announce a Smash 4. They were trying to get them to force their hand. That's what all these fake leaks are. Used to try to force company. Oh. What happened? Did we lose Jonesy? Oh, man. Uh, my apologies, people. I don't know what just happened. I feel like... Uh, uh, you know? Uh, huh. So... <laughs> this has actually never happened before. Um, I think we may have lost Jonesy temporarily. Um... I will see if I can get him back on. Oh, yeah, okay. So he said he lost connection. All right. So let's see. And that in in that happening, let's see. Do you guys have so he gets back on? This is the fun of live because you never know what's going to happen live, but I enjoy it. I really do. Let's see. So, uh, what's going on in the chat over here? We got. Good God, y'all are roasting SMD. <laughs> um, I'm going to. Oh, <laughs> y'all are y'all are roasting him hard, and I'm gonna put it out there. I I really I don't know S and D uh, sixty four that well, so I can't. I I got I have no real issue with him. You know, I, I've seen a lot of the stuff that's been posted and the inaccuracies, and I'm kind of like, uh, you know, sometimes when you make your bed, you gotta sleep in it, and. <laughs> That that's that's kind of what happens. Um, all right. So, questions, people. Go ahead, put your questions down below. And in the meantime, I will. Uh, okay. So, Jonesy said he's gonna try and reconnect. Nintendo Adventures is simple. <laughs> oh, oh man. No, Amy, I agree with you. I, he, he does come on like he's uh, a nice guy. I don't know him personally. That's one thing about me. Like, I can't really judge a lot of people. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I try not to judge people here at, at all because a lot of that comes back on you. You know, I'm a strong believer in karma. But, uh, yeah, a lot of the stuff he presents himself as online. Yeah. You know, 
and I can say that about a lot of content creators. I, I, I see that a lot. Uh, Fallen Angel, how many subs am I aiming for this year? Um, if I could hit 10,000 subs by the middle or end of this year, I would, I would be content with that. Uh, last year, I didn't even think I was going to hit 2,000. You know, I hit 2,415 subscribers by the end of last year. And, um, hell, I, I thought I would only hit, like, maybe at most 500. Oh, you're back. There we go. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. I, I think my Wi-Fi in my house took a crap. So uh, I think that's what it was. Yeah, no worries, but, man. Anyways, sorry about that, man. No, no worries. Hey, man, it's, when it's live, it's whatever happens, happens. I don't care. Yeah, that's kind of how it goes, <laughs> man. <laughs> I literally, I looked, I was like, I was like, oh, crap, what happened? And then I, I was just messing around with the settings, and sure enough, man, I just clicked on that uh, that Wi-Fi, turned it off, and everything was cool. So that works for me. Um, yeah, but anyways... Say- if you just see the chat room right now, oh my god, the chat is savage. <laughs> SMD. What's going on? Oh, that that guy is being roasted fifty ways to Sunday right now. <laughs> Who? SMD sixty four. Oh, is he Easy. doing something today? <laughs> or just because we brought him up? <laughs> <laughs> Just bring up his name brings out people's people's vitriol. <laughs> oh my goodness! Hey, uh, back to what you were saying, man. Um, before you got disconnected, if you want to yeah. go ahead and finish that train of thought. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I believe I was talking about uh, the structural, you know, that that YouTube just needs to figure out where it needs to be and where it's going and how to get that integrity. Um, I, I think that when you now, obviously we're in this day and age now where you don't believe half the stuff you see on television, but at a certain point you could trust at least half of what you saw. Yeah. And uh, I just think that the internet was supposed to be better than television. Yes. You're going to have your crazy crackpots and you're going to have your nut jobs. But for the most part, it should be, you know, I should be able to go out there and find trusting, you know, uh, sources for information. And, you know, like I, I will I'll give OJ a lot of credit in that. Like, you know, he when he does his videos, he, he definitely, you know, speaks it for the most part, as far as I can tell. He speaks it true, and usually he never talks about stuff that he doesn't know about in his videos. So you know that is definitely a, a strong suit. Um, but you know, what do they say? Negativity sells. <clears throat> that's and, that's uh, very true. And 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 unfortunately, you know, he well fortunate for for people who enjoy his content, you know. He's not negative, and that we enjoy him for that reason. But it seems like other people are just like, eh, he's not he's not espousing my beliefs, so my hate for this and my hate for that. So I'm just gonna dip out of here. 
and, and I, I really, I don't understand that. And I've seen other YouTubers that, that, you know, over the years that have really good channels and they might have like maybe, maybe 5,000 at their peak. And, uh, that's just sad. And I, I, I just hope we get to a point where a lot more people, you know, diversify the platform. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'll second you on that. Um, <clears throat> I give a lot of credit to uh, OJ or, or Player Essence, as a lot of you may know him. Uh, he's actually, I mean, he's a good friend of mine. He's actually helped me get started on YouTube back when, before I had any videos up, when I didn't know what processes were for, like, um, good editing software, uh, finding my niche. Uh, OJ has been really good of uh, helping. I mean, he helps a lot of people want to get into you know like youtube and whatnot so i i you know i have a lot of respect for him especially with his content too you know he does a lot of fact checking and that's i i give a lot of credit to him because he's one of the very 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 few that does have some journalistic integrity so big shout out to him for that there's a lot of people that throw videos that Shoot first, ask questions never. <laughs> or or they're tri- or they're triggered. Oh my goodness. Yes. That whole I'm triggered, I'll throw a video up or I'll put an article up. Like that knee jerk reaction is just rapid fire, man. It's all that's what it's about today. It's it's getting out, it's ingest, digest, regurgitate, repeat. That's that's pretty much media today uh uh guy i work with um you know his his brother and my friend are in the music industry and mm-hmm. um we were talking it's it's the same thing in the music industry right now it's like the whole world has add really bad and you know i i suffer from from hyperactivity i'm very scatterbrained i mean i'm sure many of you know this from the conversation, you know, I'm all over the place, but, you know, we can focus on certain things, you know, and then I can play a game and I can focus. So, you know, we don't need to get the, the news out. Even if it's only one tenth of the story, I don't need that one tenth right now. I would rather have nine tenths of the story an hour later than one-tenth of the story right away. Agreed. And I, I hope that's where we head. And I, I think the, the some of the stuff that you're seeing with, with the comic books industry right now, I think that's a positive. Um, it seems like a lot of things that were ruining the comic book industry are now changing, um, some bad policies that they had. So when the market speaks, I mean, you know, you can have whatever beliefs you want to have, but the market dictates where businesses ha- need to go. And if, if people aren't buying the products, you know, and in this case, you know, YouTube's different because obviously it's people watching instead of buying. But, uh, you know, people will come and, uh, you know, I think me and you were talking about that clean price gaming guide today. Um, yeah. You know, the dude blew up in like no time at all. And Literally, it just, and it was just from good quality. I mean, that's it. Yeah, 
consistently good quality. I mean, and that's all you need, really. And, and, and you get to that point, and I'm not saying you're going to blow up overnight, but <clears throat> the success will come. And, you know, like with you, I mean, you you keep getting you keep getting better. You keep doing your reviews. I mean, that tiny metal review, man, that was awesome. I mean, that I was... I got – this dude – Went on my tiny metal review. He gave me <laughs> oh, <this guy. laughs> eight. Was it? It was like twelve or so, or paragraphs of how I'm yeah. wrong. And that's something I've noticed with this generation of people, like the need to make someone wrong, like prove them wrong. It's it's so neurotic. I don't get it. Like, and I kept trying to defuse the situation by telling the guy, "Okay, you know, yeah, you're right. That's your opinion. Cool." He just wouldn't let it go. Wow. <laughs> I was, I was amazed at that. But yeah, man, like you said, like what, and you know, and I, I really, you know, one of the things I really want to do is help other people who may want to get into YouTubing or podcasting or video editing or whatever, or even the music industry. I used to be in the music industry. Well, I mean, I still kind of am, but um, you know, I, I really want to help people get into you know, areas or fields they really want to be successful in. And when it comes to like growth and a lot of people, I've noticed a lot of people get caught up on the numbers and you can't really focus on numbers all the time. You know, so long as your message is clear, you fact check what you're saying, or you write, you know, a lot of people ride the wave, whatever's popular. I remember the butter, the, was it the million degree knife or whatever? A lot of oh, people yeah. wrote they rode that way for that. A lot of people rode the success of the switch to get their channels going. Um, it really, I mean, there's many ways to the top, but you really have to find out what it is you want to do. Um, like for me, this is purely a hobby. You know, I do it for fun. There's no way in hell I would ever make this a full-time career because one it's the lifestyle man it's, exactly exactly what it is. you know and i see a lot of people like a lot of people i know are making you know they're dropping careers to be full-time youtubers or content creators on you know vine is buying instagram whatever you know and i'm not trying to hate on them that's cool for people that can do that if you have the means to make that your primary cool then do it but if you're making a very good salary, like I make in my career, I make like over sixty, over seventy something thousand, you know, with my promotion. There's no way I would jeopardize that. I wouldn't jeopardize my wife yeah. or my kids' well-being to do that, you know. And if the aspiration is to become a YouTuber, I would tell people to probably reassess that. Like, are you doing this for fun or are you doing this to try and get a quick paycheck? And a lot of people, yeah. it's well, I think that's, quick paycheck. <laughs> you know, and, and that's why, like I said, I mean, I use my buddy all the time as an example. I mean, yeah, he's not a, a, a big name guy. I mean, it's, um, if you ever want to look him up, it's uh, Chew Jackson, C-H-O-O Jackson. Uh, he's mm-hmm. from South Central Pennsylvania. I mean, not born and raised, but that's where, you know, we went to school and such, played football with the guy. Um, he has a very – he had a unique style to him. I mean, you listen to him, and you're like, I've never heard a rapper like this before. And 
we went to talk to this, um, we went up to New York City and uh, we went up there to record one of their songs and we were hoping to get a single out of it. And that was the plan was, man, we're going to get a single, we're going to get a deal, all this good stuff, you know. It was the easy cash uh, money. And um, the guy, you know, he was talking to us and, and I mean, the, the organization he was with, the recording studio, they were like horrible shysters, but the guy had some sound advice and he literally said, he was like, you know, anybody can sell mixtapes. He's like, I get handed mixtapes every day. I mean, this was in New York city. He's like, anybody can, can burn a Memorex CD. Anybody mm-hmm. can record music videos on their phone. Anybody <laughs> can do any of these things. What is going to separate you from the pack? And I, I just, I think I see so many people that are like, well, you know, I'm going to turn on my connect and I'm going to turn on my Xbox and record myself playing this game. And I'm going to make a couple hundred thousand dollars, man. I'm good. And that's just such an unrealistic expectation. I mean, nothing is, it's nothing is free. I I was listening to, and I I mean, you know, I, I don't know, you know, if you've, anybody agrees with him politically or whatever, and that don't matter. But a uh, guy, Mundane Matt, I mean, and he does a lot of clickbait stuff. Not clickbait titles, but he just talks about, he's like, I consider him the National Enquirer of YouTube. Some of the stories that he talks about, you know, he's a tabloid type YouTuber. Yeah. But he was talking the other <clears throat> night, and he brought up uh the whole Oprah thing where you get a car and you get a car and you get a car. But what most people didn't realize was they had to pay taxes on that car Yeah. to get it off out of that studio or wherever the heck they had to pick it up. You know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. You're not going to be able to walk on and do something great for free. You got to put an investment in athletes. Same thing. I mean, South Central Pennsylvania, we are known for one thing, and that's football. And I've had friends that went to college, and that wasn't free. They had to bust their ass to get to that point. You know, so all I can say is is that I just hope that, you know, anybody who sees that streaming is getting big right now and is, you know, there are people that are making good money off of it. You know, there's always going to be a top shelf that's making the money and then there's going to be everybody else in the rat race trying to fight for the, everything else. So, you know, I mean, one thing I feel like a lot of people don't understand is if you are to do YouTube main, mainly, if that becomes your sole source of income, um, you also have to pay those taxes back. And I think a lot of people don't understand what, you know, if you don't pay those taxes, Mm. got to give the government their cut man (laughs) it's like student loans you can't avoid it (laughs) even even al capone i mean they couldn't get him on anything else but they got him on tax evasion so you know the government gets theirs they're they're gonna get theirs one way or the other exactly yeah well i mean uh my wife was actually just telling me she watched a video on um they were interviewing people who won who wants to be a millionaire And Mm. one of the guys was literally saying like, oh, my God, this was a curse. This is the worst thing that ever happened to me in my life. 
he's like, first off, I had all my family members, you know, coming out and asking for a handout. And then, you know, I didn't realize it, but I had to pay my taxes quarterly because I made over, it was like 250,000 or something. So he had to pay the taxes in that quarter. And it was like $350,000 in taxes he had to pay. So, you know, you just don't realize it, man. I mean, the reality, everything is produced, you know, everything on television and and stuff, it is produced. And I think people kind of have this mentality where you, it's, it's, you can just make it by and you'll get, you know, you can maximize your success. And, you know, I'm me and you are, are living proof that that just doesn't work out that way. You have to put in a lot of hard work and dedication. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's like I, I take the example of uh, as a YouTuber. I'm kind of leaning towards now not liking this content as much, but uh, Proto Mario, you know, he's got 600,000 or so subscribers and. He went from talking about video games to now he does just reaction or rant videos. Like he's ranting about something or this, that, and another. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, he, he spoke about in one of his uh, videos where he he barely makes $30,000 a year. And I was thinking, I'm like, damn, if you're making, if you're barely making that, you're, if you were to break that down to an hourly, you're probably making Fifteen dollars an hour, roughly. I want to say, or less. Not 12? even. Well, I mean, if if now it depends on how you factor it, how many hours he's working a week. I mean, if if you just do a forty-hour work week, that's way less. That's like, well, not way less. It's probably yeah, like fourteen, thirteen. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I, I don't know if that's something to aspire to. You know, and, and, um, one of the things I try to tell a lot of people, like I have a lot of friends and family that one didn't believe when I was setting out to just do this as a hobby, that I would be successful in it. And now they're like wanting help trying to start something similar to it. They want to become YouTubers and or content creators. And, um, I tell them, you know, if you, you know, if it's about the money, no, don't don't really focus on that. But if you're gonna aspire to do this, you need to have something outside of it. Like some of the most successful YouTubers, like Marquez Brownlee or MKBHD, he probably drops one video a month or every two. He has sponsorships. He has endorsements. His sole income is not purely from YouTube. And I think a lot of the, and I'm going to say smaller YouTubes, people that are under 200,000 subscribers, a lot of them are chasing Patreon and, you know, whatever revenue, ad revenue they can get from YouTube. No, you should be getting endorsements and sponsorships. Like, you should have income coming from beyond just one or two sources. Yeah. especially if you have a family or whatever, because that's not stable. If YouTube collapses, and it will at some point, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? 
Yeah, it, it is. It is concerning, and it it's definitely brings some questions up. And yeah, you know, yeah. uh, with with you know with the the broadcasting, and I mean, I you know, I I I know people say get with the times, old man, but with broadcasting in the eighties <clears throat> and nineties, you had those guaranteed contracts in the yeah. music industry. You had development contracts where you had you know baby he would pay artists who were no names i mean to us to you and me they were no names but he would pay them you know maybe like a hundred thousand a year or fifty thousand a year he'd be like look i'm gonna keep you in the bullpen if you make a hit i want first dibs at it and you would have contracts like that you would have you know you could go to nbc or abc with a pilot and they'd be like, well, we don't have anywhere on our schedule for it, but we like this. And uh, we're going to pay you uh, a check just for you to sit on your ass and hold this idea for us. And if we ever give a spot for you, you know, we're open to it. And, uh, you know, excuse me. But, uh, you know, it was just one of those things where you had that. You had, you know, you had that uh, system in place where you had people that were being taken care of and just, I worry that YouTube is going to leave a lot of its, its artists out to dry. If anything would happen. I mean, I think that's what happened with, with the adpocalypse. I think they left a lot of their people out to dry, especially some bigger name people. And, and it just sucks. <clears throat> I, I I fully agree with you. That's 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 the truth. Um, and if people, you know, okay, like Amy just said in the chat, you know, everyone that's doing YouTube full time, at some point they're going to regret it in the long term. I believe that's true. You know, you don't have a pension to rely on if it goes down or if you decide to retire from it. You don't have anything to fall back on. So. That it's just too unstable. Yeah, it really is. You know, if you I get in, you know, if you get in and you make a lot of money, you better be banking that. Get some Bitcoin. Do something. <laughs> you know, you some, need to have some gold and silver, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, like it, it. Really, you know, even for myself, like you know, I, I talk about you know how much I make, and it's not to brag, but. You know, I worked really hard to work to where I can go and work in you a should corporate be proud hospital. of that, man. You know, you know, to have two cars, only two cars, no note or nothing on it. Like, I'm proud of where I'm at. But at the same time, I still have other income. I still get residual income from when I was putting out music. I still get income from, like, working with other local artists here in Hawaii and, you know, nationwide. It's stuff I've ghostwritten. Like, I used to do ghostwriting for music. Um, I've been able to have income that still comes in that if that goes away, I'm still straight. Yeah. And that's just one of the things I just really want people to understand. You can't just put all your eggs in one basket no. and just pray because you're seeing so many content creators on Twitter bitching and moaning constantly about, this is being demonetized. That's being demonetized. 
that's that's kind of a red flag that y'all should probably pay attention to. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, and I, I don't think the advertising situation is going to get any better. I mean, if there's one thing that, that history has shown with advertisers, advertisers are always sketchy. They've yeah. always been that way. I mean, anytime there's any kind of controversy, an advertiser will pull. I mean, Jesus Pete's what was uh, was that Michael Phelps get, has a picture taken with a bong rip, and yeah. there's no evidence of what's in the bong or what anything is, but just that picture of him smoking a bong. He loses so many endorsement deals. Yep. I mean, that's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, that he loses. Um, you know, recently Ray Rice lost millions of of dollars in endorsement deals because of his thing, you know, with hitting his fiance, like you do, you can't plan on tomorrow, but you can at least try to set yourself up in as good a situation as possible. And, uh, I, I think that that's kind of where some people, you know, and, and I, and I, I want to say this, I don't, I don't think anybody should aim low. I don't think you should give up on your dreams. But at the same time, you have to also plan, you know, hey, so I'm going to focus on living my dreams, but I'm also going to live my life as usual. Because, I mean, I, I just saw a lot of friends that they wanted to do one thing. They wanted to do sports. And as soon as their sports career fizzled out, it's like, well, I'm done. It's like, dude, you have a college degree now. Yeah, but man, I'm just I'm gonna go home and chill out, and it that's sad to see, you know. Yeah. So, you you definitely want people to to follow their aspirations, especially now, man. I mean, we live in a time where you can do. I mean, I know there's some people that say, "Oh, there's uh, so few opportunities," but that's hogwash, man. Yeah. There literally are so many things that you can get into nowadays. There's so much, so many things you can become an expert on. Like Adam, I don't know if you ever listened to Adam Carolla, the guy Mm -hmm. used to be on the man show in love line, but his show is one of the best. I I love it, man. But uh, he has his podcast and I listen to it and man, one of his guests that he had on, I forget who it was, but he literally said, he said, you want to be, you want to be an expert. He said, read a book about a subject and you'll know more than 90% of the world knows about that topic. And that just makes me think of, and I say this to my mom and my wife a lot. I'm amazed that we live in a digital age where if you need to learn something, all you've got to do is grab your phone yep. and look it up. But we have so many people that say they don't know something or they're just ignorant of X, Y, and Z. And it's like, how? You have social media. You have the internet in general. Everything's at your fingertips. <laughs> we should be, as a, a generation, significantly smarter than our parents, our parents' parents, and everything before, because there's no longer the barrier of entry of knowing about another country, another topic, another culture, whatever. Yeah. But for whatever reason, that's where we're at. And it, it, it just really blows my mind 
that we've got a generation of people that just choose to be ignorant. Like, I mean, we can segue into this topic, net neutrality. Yeah. That did not know that this has been going on for years. And then because somebody wants to get loud, YouTuber, content creator, whoever, wants to get loud and vent about it, then all of a sudden, this is a problem. Yeah. But if it was a problem, you should have known about it, and there's no excuse why, you know? Yeah. No. And that that goes back to what I was saying before about, you know, nobody cares unless it affects them. And as soon as somebody says, your internet bill might get higher, what? That's no, 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 no. This, this matters now. Now I want action. And it's like, well, we could have had action five years ago. We could have had action 10 years ago. You know, we could have had action during the, the dot com boom in the late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, there's so many chances that we had to get the net under control. And, and I think that's kind of where people miss the issue. I mean, obviously, my my views on net neutrality are I'm not a fan of Article 1 or Article 2. Um, if you want to go ahead and educate people, go ahead because oh, okay. I enjoy well, that talk we had. Yeah, I mean, our, our Article 1 and Article 2. Um, Article 2 was put into effect, and that was recently. I believe that was 2015, and that was one of those things where it um, transferred – the uh, power um, of the internet from, you know, the ISPs that, you know, could control what they charge for content, um, how much bandwidth usage uh, they could allow for faster lanes, um, so to speak, Uh, basically just faster internet speeds for certain content users. Um, And then, uh, that changed obviously in 2015 that kind of made everything even keel but it also brought in uh more government regulation but same way with article one i mean it's just more government regulation over the internet um more control i mean whether it's the ftc or the fcc i mean they are government organizations. Um, they are not elected officials. So we don't have, we as citizens do not have control over those policies. And that makes me very uncomfortable. Um, and I, I just felt like the whole thing was with article one, the, or pardon me, title one, um, title one, the ISPs get rich. And of course their lobbyists in DC are paying, you know, politicians on the right side of the debate, um, they're paying them millions and millions of dollars to make sure that that is not ever going to happen again, you know. And then you have the tech-based companies like Amazon, YouTube, which is owned by Google, uh, and Facebook. They're paying lobbyists in D.C. on the left of the political spectrum to um, fight for Article 2, or pardon me, Title 2. Uh, I don't know why I keep saying Article. Like, it's the Constitution. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but Title 2, um, because they greatly benefit from it. But I will say that 
prior to Article 2, or pardon me, Title 2, I did it again, uh, prior to Title 2, Title 1, uh, the Internet's uh, throttling is illegal. Um, it cannot be done. Um, as for a lot of things I heard about the government controlling the Internet, um, which was what people said if net neutrality was removed, that the government would control the net, but Title II actually gives greater power of, you know, control to the government through the FCC. Um, so, you know, it, it's one of those things where, and it's it's looked at as a utility as well. Um, so that goes under government control as well. Um, so, I mean, it, it's just, it's a murky water. And the best way I can say to it is it's like, punching somebody in the face and then giving them an ice pack. It's creating a problem earlier and then offering a solution down the road. And I just feel that we need to go back to the beginning of it all and say, okay, the net, there is no such thing as a free public space on the net. Everything is chopped up by the corporations. So, we have to find a way that these corporations can coexist with ISPs and everybody's getting a fair exchange and we, the consumers are paying a fair market rate. Mm -hmm. And I, I just don't, I don't know, you know, if making it a utility will work or if, you know, totally uh, opening up the market will work. I, I have no idea, but I just don't like more government control. And uh, that's kind of my, my spiel on it. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that was, that was honestly, like, you know, as I, I said earlier, um, an audience may not know, but, you know, Jonesy and I had a very long conversation about this. Uh, was it two weeks ago? Yeah. Two weeks ago. And it, it was just, you know, the break, our breakdown on what net neutrality is, our views on it, and just noticing all the fear mongering that has been going on. People saying, oh, you know, the internet's dead and blah, 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 blah. But it's really about painting a narrative, pushing an agenda. And a lot of people don't understand the full scope of what it is. This is not the first time we've been at the whole repealing of net neutrality. It's been shot down twice before. And who knows, it may go through this time, it may not. We don't know. But, you know, my... My hopes are for, you know, you, the audience, and whoever's listening or watching, if you're going to take a stance on any type of topic, be informed. You know, that, that's, that's my biggest thing. Be informed. Understand, you know, like Josie was talking about the articles, what they are, what they mean, you know, who's doing what. You need to know this stuff before the whole, what, what we were saying earlier, the knee-jerk reactions or the... yeah. You know, and yeah. too, too many people are doing that. Too many people are just reacting without all the bites. I mean, all not the bites, but all the uh, the knowledge of what's going on. Yeah. yeah. No, and I mean, and nobody can be informed on all the facts. I mean, and uh, like I'm, I'm not going to stand here and say like, oh, I know that this is going to work out or this is going to be a complete disaster. I mean, I can't say that. Nobody in D.C. can say that, but yet we have so many people online that are coming out and saying, 
this is going to be a complete catastrophe and, and gaming prices are going to go up. And it's like, I, it just, it makes me scratch my head and I'm just like, they, this is like fear mongering. It's like the reds are coming. You know what I mean? Like the communists are coming. The Russians are invading our, they're going to parachute in. I feel like we're living in like 1960s America and we're at the fear of nuclear war every day. And that's just not how I want to live my life. And if that's how you want to live your life, that's fine. But that, that's just not for me, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's true. It's, uh, there are things that going on. Like, for instance, you know, I live out here in Hawaii and they had a, um, I want to say a couple months ago when the whole threat of nuclear attack on, you know, on the U.S. and of Hawaii being, well, Hawaii's part of the U.S., but I'm saying specifically yeah. the state being, mainland. yeah, you know, Hawaii and the mainland being attacked. If, you know, Korea was to attack Hawaii, we have, as a state, 20 minutes to react. And it's just like, you know, but nobody wants to, you know, especially the attention now is it was subverted from threat of nuclear attack to net neutrality. You know, it's kind of like my favorite, what's my favorite movie? Uh, Lucky number 11, where they talked about the Kansas City shuffle, make everybody <laughs> look right where you go left. Yep. And it's like, we got ne- nuclear war. This guy has said he's got a button on his desk and he can press it and he can attack it anywhere yeah. in the U.S. But we're going to shift the narrative focus from a real threat to not just America, but everyone to net neutrality. Something that probably, if it does affect anybody, it won't be in effect until years later down the line. And by then, most people have forgot about it. it whether it's a positive change or a negative change, I, I guarantee you most people will forget about it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the true sad part about it all is that everything, that's our news cycle that we go through, man, is it's the knee-jerk reaction. People have such short attention spans and short memories that, uh, you know, I, I just don't think anybody's going to remember. It's the cause de celeb, you know, whatever's the big thing of the day, that's, we got to be on it. But tomorrow, whatever, you know what I mean? Uh, it just blows my mind. And I, I kind of hope that that uh, in the future we get to the point where we can, you know, kind of come together and look at things and be like, that, you know, I, I might disagree with you and you might disagree with me, but let's find some, some happy medium ground, you know? And, yeah. and I think with, with net neutrality, I think the medium ground would be, you know, just get title one, get title two, get them out of there, you know, get them both out of there. One, one benefits one group, the other benefits another group, but we, the consumers are paying the price one, yeah. one way or the other. And, uh, you know, it's just like you were saying earlier with the whole people who defend a console. It's like they have stock in the company. It's the same thing, man. It's like they have some kind of like the ISPs came and stole their child, you know, their firstborn or something. Same thing, man. 
no, they never did anything bad to me, you know. So I, I just hope that we start to uh, get a little more intelligent and um, hopefully we can get past this stuff, man. I really do. I agree. And I guess um, on that note, we I guess we can wrap it up. This is this is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this, man. Thank you for being yeah, one of being, you know, the first person on the Casanova podcast. I enjoyed I, I, I it. I'm really honored, dude. I, I I definitely want to have you back on for more. Um, <laughs> you know, we got to figure out a schedule for this. But for those of you who are watching and listening, you will be able to catch this not only on YouTube, but you'll also be able to catch it on iTunes tomorrow morning, as well as on Google Play Music tomorrow morning at the same time. They're going to launch at the same time on both platforms. But um, while we're at it, uh, we can take some time to do some Q&A. So if you guys have any questions, go ahead and drop them in the chat. And we'll respond to them. Uh, give our uh, There's a lot of activity in the chat. But, hey, if you guys got questions. Hey, that's we'd like to hear, man. One second. Right? Man. Hold on one second. All right. Uh, my TV decided to jump on into uh, power save mode, and it gets really bright all of a sudden. But uh, oh, no. go ahead, whenever you're ready, man. All right, so we got a question from that Blitz VIP member. He or she states, or is asking, uh, what do you think of Mega Man 11? You want to go, man? Or you want all me right. to go? <laughs> uh, I'll take it. All right, go I'll ahead. go first. And then... Um, and you can give your response, and we'll alternate on and off. Um, yeah, good. So my thoughts on Mega Man 11, I actually think it's um, – I think we saw the signs that it was going to happen for quite some time. I think a lot of people weren't paying attention to it uh, because they were so caught up on Capcom just rehashes things and rehashes. Everybody does that. Sony does it. Microsoft does it. Nintendo does it. Everyone, it's because if if you're going to bring something back that's old that people enjoyed, why not? There's money to be made there. But I believe that when they start doing the Mega Man Legacy Collection on the, you know, the PC, PS4, PS3, I mean, um, yeah, PS3, all other platforms, that was a sign when the first one came out and then the second one that we were going to get a sequel. And it's the same thing with um, when Capcom dropped uh, the Ultra Street Fighter 2. There had to be a reason that they were going to do that and then bring out possibly something else for the 30th anniversary. And it's actually both series 30th anniversary. So I, I just saw it coming. I think graphically the game looks really good. Um, I think it's a step up, especially from what Mega Man 9 and 10 were. I think it looks really good in comparison to Mega Man 8 and Mega Man in base. Um, gameplay looks solid. And hey, I mean, until we get to play it, never know. I think it, it definitely looks better than Mighty Number no. 9. I'll see that. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with anything you said, man. Um, I definitely am more of an X fan. So, you know, I, I like the newer style Mega Man games. Um, and uh, Blasphemy, I know I actually enjoyed 7. 
So <laughs> I know that's blasphemy to a lot of Mega Man fans. What? Mega Man Seven was awesome. I loved. It. I loved Seven. Um, Eight had its and... okay moments, but it was pretty corny overall. Yeah. Um, I actually had it on the Saturn, believe it or not. But um, you know, that was a it, better it was, version, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. The Saturn actually is the the superior version to the PlayStation. Well, one of the I, actually the, a lot of those two D games were. Um, but uh, yeah, man. It, I, I'm glad that that Capcom, uh, they didn't forsake us, especially you know, uh, us who loved our games portably. Um, they they definitely came through. The only thing that I was really disappointed that they didn't announce was the Disney Afternoon Collection. That oh, was yeah. a big uh, yeah. you know, admittance, and uh, I'm I'm not sure why that didn't happen, especially because the um, I think it was the game director from that studio or the porthouse who did those. Uh, he tweeted the Nintendo uh, direct, the last one he tweeted it and said, Oh, here's some, you know, this should be interesting. So, you know, I don't know what that was all about, but hopefully we'll see it at some point, but yeah, I'm excited for, uh, for Mega Man, man, more Mega Man, and we'll have them all on the Switch soon. <laughs> I know that's that's crazy. Hopefully, we get a Mega Man X Nine because oh. that series ended on a cliffhanger. Yes, man. you're not kidding. I I I have to say I didn't like the PS2 Mega Man X. I thought that one was pretty awful. But X uh, X Seven and X Eight. Yeah, I did not like. I I think I played seven i don't think i ever played eight i was so like i don't know i was just so turned off from seven just kind of how it was going but yeah you know i I definitely think that they could re bring it back and uh i think if they get got like you know a collab between uh any creates or something again like i think they could really make some magic happen agreed yeah uh see next question uh we got from power level amy she says, hey, Mikhail, what system would you have with you on a deserted island? If you had to pick Wii U, GameCube. <laughs> oh, gosh, she's uh, talking about, uh, I don't know if you saw that, <laughs> the tweets uh, with another YouTuber. It was so funny. Um, the one that, where she got blocked. Oh, God. Oh, that was the N64, the infamous yeah. N64 comment. Oh, man. Oh, God, Amy, you're, you're, sometimes your savagery amazes me. Actually, all the time. <laughs> Don't mess around, man. <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't. Like, I, I tell people, you're never going to win if you go up against her on any topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess if I had to have one on a deserted island and I don't have to worry about trying to charge it, or anything like that. As long as I have a couple battery packs, uh, I guess the Switch. Uh, that's that's either that or the 3DS. Those would be the two portables I'd have. Mm-hmm. Oh man, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, they're not bad ones, man. They're not bad ones at all. Because you can't play a home console. What are you gonna plug it into a coconut tree or something? <laughs> <laughs> You know, you're going to be SOL. I'm like, I'm going to, I want my Xbox and my PlayStation 4. And it's like, yeah, but you didn't ask for a TV, man. You're, 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 uh, you're kind of shit out of luck here. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, 
honestly, I mean, this is going to show me being a true Xbox fanboy. I would actually go with the uh, the Vita. Mm-hmm. And the reason I would go with the Vita is because you have all the Vita games. You have all the PSP, well, 90% of the PSP library. And you have uh, pretty much a large swath of the PS1 library right at your fingertips. And uh, I just, I thought that the, the, the 32 bit era was, I think one of the most underappreciated eras that we had. So I, I would be set until I died from dehydration. <laughs> I, I can't argue with you there. That's very true. <laughs> you have a enormous library with that. Um, the spanning with three different generations. <laughs> Yeah, Inclu- including indie titles too. So yeah, the the Vita. It, it's funny because the the Switch now is really. It had a really good jumping off point because so many people were were used to buying indies on the Switch, or on the Vita. Pardon me, because they were so great portably because they were mm-hmm. you know pick up and play um, you know experiences, and then you have the Switch now, and I mean like I said said earlier the switch is literally everything the vita should have been so yeah. you know we just need to get a couple more of the the fighting games on the switch that that the vita had because i mean the vita had some superb fighting games That's i mean true. so we get some but, of that and some more jrpgs and man we'll be set and then I'll, know, I'll i'll i'll, I'll okay. steal your uh your uh switch from you but you know that goes to show you like one of the things with sony is they don't often stand behind a product they'll launch it and then back off like the ps4 pro for instance they hyped it it did not you know as someone who owns it i don't feel the ps ps4 pro lived up to the hype at all no me neither man i i like i said i enjoy it for uh (laughs) for res infinite and um (laughs) I, I like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I think that game looks great, but and, you know, it it's one of those things where I was just glad that the Vita survived in spite of Sony. But you yeah. know, when when Super Metal Dave said Vita Two, as much as I love the Vita, and I mean, I love that system, uh, I would never buy another PlayStation Portable ever again. Let's see. Next question. Let's see. Um, Fallen Angel, oh, the Fallen Angel asks, Mikhail, are you ready to get wrecked in Dragon Ball Fighter Z? Ooh. Damn, okay. man. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Holy hell, man. Um. <laughs> I guess my response to that would be, um, let's see, let me grab it. Whenever you're ready. Oh, I'm ready. Pulls out the arcade stick, man. I I got plenty seats. I'm gonna steal Doc Trey eighty ones. I got plenty seats (laughs) to give out. So line up, and if it does come to the switch, you still ain't safe because I got a fight stick for the switch. Yeah, boy, that hoary fight stick, man. So, you know, 
seafood. How is that, beer. by the way? Oh man, it's buttery. I love it. Oh, I, I I get all those Neo Geo fighting games, and I just yeah. play exclusively with the fight stick. It's oh man, I love it. You got me hyped, man. That thing's like <laughs> what a buck twenty or something. You got yeah, me hyped for getting one of them. My wife's gonna slap me in the back of the head for buying one. <laughs> but oh, man, I love the I love the the those fighting pads, man. The arcade pads. I mean the the best one. And here we go. I'm gonna be the Sega fanboy again. The best one was the Sega Saturn. Uh, what the hell was it? The Virtua Stick, man. Oh man, that was amazing. I I still have mine. It's in the back room. Um man, that thing is just it feels so good playing on that. And you know, you you just feel like you're playing the arcade. I you know, I really think that the Switch and I've been saying this with all the Neo Geo games and the Namco Museum um and uh you know, now I think what we we're, we're supposed to be getting um Oh, who is it? Data East Games coming out soon. Yeah, we actually got one. What's that? We we actually got one. Power Instinct. Oh, yeah, that's a throwback there. Yeah, that was the one that that's before my time. (laughs) I I think wasn't that the one that Capcom sued them because it was so much. It was basically a ripped port of Street Fighter Two. That it, yeah, that's probably right, man. Uh, that sounds <laughs> like that. Dude, Data East was one of those companies that they were known for like stealing people's ideas, but they had some really great games in their time too. I mean, we were unfortunate. I think because they had so many copyright issues, their collections actually never came over here to the states. Yeah, I think you you might be able to get the one as we wear. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But I, I know that they released collections on the um, PSP and the PS2. But mm-hmm. we never got them out here. We got like the um, uh, the Capcom arcades reloaded, which they were really good too. But yeah, I, I think the Switch could really set itself up nice as the best arcade system um, yeah. besides a main uh, computer unit. Yeah, agreed. I agree with you on that. All right, people, we'll probably take about maybe two or three more questions. So next one comes from Liquid Metal. Shout out to Liquid Metal. Uh, he mm-hmm. says, um, Mikael Casanova, I know you're into music. Uh, which game has the best music in your opinion? John, say, I, I, if you want, you can go ahead and take this one. Um, oh, best best music, man. I'm going to have to go with um, uh, Panzer Dragoon. Um, if we're talking of all time, yeah, I, I would say Panzer Dragoon 1 and 2. Um, they just had some of the greatest uh, music to go along with the scenes. Um, I mean, it was uh, orchestral, and uh, it just – it really fit that mood like you felt like, you know, back then we're talking in the mid nineties, like you were really flying on a dragon, you know, and, and it just felt really magical. And uh, I think it was just some, the, the music that you want 
is to immerse you more in that world. And you couldn't have asked for more with the Panzer Dragoon series. I agree with you. Um, I think it's a shame that Sega hasn't re-released that entire series in a collection because, man. They lost the code, the source code for Saga. So, <laughs> Oh, was it uh, during that? Uh... The fire or uh, oh. the flood, the hurricane or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, that's a double-edged sword because it makes my copy more valuable. But at the same time, you know, I would love to play a re-release of it. I mean, I would kill for that. I guess uh, if I were to say best music in a game. Oh, my goodness. That is... Ah, okay. Um... That's that's a hard one, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It, is. it really is. You gotta think of like your favorite game and just think of the music to it. That's what I did. <laughs> I want to say, hmm, I I really want to say, Chrono Cross. That was really good music, man. Be- yeah, that that composer um, was it Yoshinora Mitsuda. He yeah. went balls to the wall with that soundtrack. Every song perfectly sit like matched that situation. Yeah, that they, the characters were in, and I mean, random fact, he's actually who did the soundtrack for Xenoblade Chronicles two and one, and the original Xenogears. And it's just that guy. If he ever collabed with Nobuo Uematsu from Final Fantasy fame, ooh, oh my goodness! Ah, about orchestral man, that might be like a what do they call it? A muse man. <laughs> Somebody could make a game probably out of that <laughs> music, man. You really could. Seriously, like I, I went to the uh, we had a was it the video game concert. Uh, the beginning of last year, my wife and I went, and they played a lot of his music, a lot of stuff from Zelda, a lot of stuff from um, Skyrim. Oh my goodness, man! Like that—that that was going to be the second game I was going to say was, was Skyrim. If I couldn't yeah. think of an older one, that was a good one to do. But yeah, no, you're you're, you're not wrong, <laughs> man. Chrono Cross, and that's an underrated game too. Really, a lot is. of. I think a lot of people now are starting to find out that it's actually a good game because, you know, for back then, you remember the stigma, man. Oh, this is the sequel to Chrono Trigger. What the heck? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? That was like a big deal. And uh, so many people just threw it on the bottom shelf. And, you know, I'm glad now that it, it is kind of getting that second wind of life with a lot of the the retro gamers. Uh, that's yeah. that's really awesome. That game, and you know, there's a, there's a YouTuber I follow, um, Satchel Drakes, and he actually did a whole, I think it was like two videos where he explained using like super string theory and multiverse theory to explain that, yes, Colonel Cross is the sequel. I My mind was blown at 
like his video, I was like, wow. And it goes to show you presentation. (laughs) Presentation, like you said, because this presentation is super, super clean. Uh, All right. Let's see. Next question we got from a talkie teacher. Uh, Shout out to the talkie teacher. He says, uh, what does he say? Predict the switch sales in 2018. Ooh. He's going to put us on the spot. I know. All right. So a lot of people have been wanting to know if the Switch can hit 20 million in 2018. I personally think, yes, it's not an impossibility. I mean, 2017 was a hell of a year for Nintendo. Probably their best ever. They've never come out of the gate swing like they did with Zelda before or with, you know, Mario, Splatoon 2. Hell, even though ARMS wasn't as successful, I mean, it was a new IP from them. I think, um, and, you know, like Amy just said, if Pokemon comes out, guaranteed, there's no question that it will, it will hit $20 million. Uh, If Smash Brothers comes out, I think that's a guarantee as well. It, it may even exceed $20 million. I don't think it's impossible because, I mean, a lot of people didn't think the Switch would sell $10 million in the first year. And technically... The year for the Switch is not even over yet. We still got two more months. So, I mean, I think it's possible, truthfully speaking. Uh, that's that's a good question, Toggy. I, I do think it is possible that it'll hit $20 million. Um, Hell, even if it doesn't, I mean, it's still a success. It's the hot item that everybody wants. So, yeah. No, and I mean, and, and you know, I, I want to put a number here on uh... – on on record, man, I, I wanna I wanna get a number here down for uh, for uh, what's it called? Uh, <laughs> I can't even think of the word. Uh, just something that we can put a you know an asterisk next to. But I think that the the system they got at least thirteen thousand thirteen million by now. Um, I think it's gonna hit fifteen million for the year for by March. Uh, March 3rd would be its year, full year on the market. I think it's going to hit 15 by then. I think there's a good chance that you will see a lot more systems sell next year. I think we could see possibly 30 million units by next year. I truthfully do believe that. Yeah. Um, And I'm going to tell you right now that they're going to have to, A, they got to make some deals with some AAA studios. Yes, you're going to get the people who are interested this year. You're going to get a lot of people who are, you know, the Vita stalwarts that, you know, we're used to not getting big games, so we're happy with that. But there was only like maybe two, three million of us total in the States anyways, and a couple more, like probably 10 more million in, in Japan, probably 10, 13 million. Um, so you're going to get those. Um, but to get the mainstream market, you got to have those AAA experiences that really set the system apart. And I think Doom, L.A. Noir, um, Skyrim, I think they were all, uh, even NBA 2K, they were all great uh, showcases for what the system can do. So now Nintendo really needs to come out there, really push these uh, AAA studios and say, look, whatever we got to do 
to get the software out there this year, have one month be a, a AAA uh, first party, and then the next month be a AAA, um, you know, third party with title. And they do that and then have the indies and, you know, your double A's, which they don't really exist much anymore. But, you know, like your THQ Nordics and your mid-tier like uh, Nick Hallis and stuff like that. You have them fill out the middle. We could see a superb year. And and I really think, you know, the system could be something truly special. Oh, I, I agree with you fully. Um yeah, I I can't I can't add anything to that. That's that was solid. That was really solid. So I right, hockey. Well... Thirty million. <laughs> Thirty million by by this time next year. Over it. And I think also people people need to because I, I see a lot on Twitter and on videos where people are actually trying to compare the Switch's units sold to like the Xbox One or the PS4. <laughs> You really shouldn't compare those two because there's a four-year difference. Yeah. 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 So uh, we'll take about two more questions, and then we'll we'll call it a a wrap on this podcast. But uh, let's see. Brian Richards has one. He says, uh, for the next question, what are the top five things you're looking forward to from the Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection? Uh, He says, your reaction was amazing, by the way. Hashtag Street Fighter 30th Hype. Hashtag Rest in Peace Headphones. Yes, my headphones. <laughs> I destroyed my headphones with that reaction. <laughs> um, you want to take it? You want to go first? No, go ahead, man. You're you're the you're the fighting game guru. I, I'd like to hear what you what your top uh, five things are on the collection, man. Okay, so. Top five. Number one, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. I have been wanting that game to come back on modern platforms since they re-released it back in 2011 on the PS3 and uh, Xbox 360. Number two, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike on the <laughs> Switch. Portable. Because that's never happened with that entry. And that's considered by many as the greatest Street Fighter of all time. Hell yeah. <sighs> three. Street Fighter 3 Third Strike on PC. That's not a ROM hack with online. <laughs> because it's never come to PC before. So I'm hyped for that. Um, number four. Um, bringing back... Street Fighter three, uh, Street Fighter Alpha three, and making it online with current servers. I think that's amazing because that was another game that was top back in the late nineties. Like that was people were always comparing King of Fighters ninety eight to Street Fighter three, uh, Street Fighter Alpha three. So that's something I'm really excited for. And I guess five, my fifth thing that I'm excited for, or looking forward to with the anniversary collection is the fact that. For about 40 bucks, and with the exception of Street Fighter 4 and Street Fighter 5, you're getting every single Street Fighter ever. And I know a lot of people can say, oh, that's a rehash of what's already come out. But, you know, you got to look at it in the sense that Capcom 
is looking to get that core audience that they had from the 90s and 80s with this. This may not appeal to this current generation that likes just purely shooters or MOBA titles. That's something that's pulling back the old heads that probably walked away, you know, and haven't thought about it since. Probably got married, had kids, moved away from gaming, or view this current generation of tutorials as just, ah, it's too much, I just want to play. You know, I don't have the time. That's the marketing demographic that I think that they're looking for. So, Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I would say my number one, my number one thing for sure is the fact that it's the arcade ports especially for, you know, Street Fighter 3, Third Strike, and for Alpha 3, the arcade ports were the best. I mean, the, the even the Dreamcast version of Alpha 3 had issues. I yeah. mean, had some latency problems on it. Now, everybody knows, of course, the Saturn version was the best. It was. But, yep. but uh you know, I'm excited about playing the arcade versions because they were just so smooth, you know, and I'm I'm used to that that level of, of you know, zero latency. Plus with the arcade version, you get that you get that four megabytes of RAM power, man. <laughs> That's gonna be the killer right there. <laughs> yeah. But uh two, I'm excited for uh um just being able to play <laughs> All those Street Fighter games, my favorites, um, you know, on the go, uh, on the Switch. That's going to be great. Playing them at home on the big screen and then just being able to play at work, uh, pull out, you know, pull off the Joy-Cons and play them. Um, I, I'd say that'd go into three, just the joy with them. Um, four, the fact that we're getting the full collection. I mean, I know me and you talked about it. We had gotten collections before, but they were never – you know, uh, this is unheard of for Capcom. They've yeah. never released a collection like this. I mean, yeah. like we've gotten like SVC Chaos and you know, um, you know the Mega Man Legacy Collection and Arcade Reloaded and Remix, but we never have gotten a collection this massive before. So yeah. uh, I I think this is Capcom's Mia Culpa. And that would be number five. Um, Capcom just doing right by uh, we the fans, finally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially after Street Fighter V, uh, MVC, Infinite, and, um, you know, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, last question. Actually, I want to combine these two into one. And uh, they're the first... The two questions are actually from Power of Amy and from Liquid Metal. So we're going to condense them into one question total and give two separate answers if you guys will give us that opportunity. Uh, so Power Level, Power Level Amy says, uh, with the rumored Nintendo Direct looking like it's going to be true for next week, of the leaked 18 titles put on Amazon yesterday, what game do you hope is announced with the Direct? And Liquid Metal's question was, what do you think about people that consider Smash a fighting game? Uh, if you want to go ahead and take that one. Yeah. Um, so my big game that I'm hoping for um, 
is uh, I I really want to see Pikmin. Um, I I really I I never was big in Nintendo as I said, but um, I always played my friends. Uh, you know, he had Pikmin two, and I I love that game a lot. Um, I I'm a big old school real time strategy fan, and I just think that Pikmin on that touch screen it just has me so excited. So, you know, I, I don't know if that's a part of the leak games or not um, list, but I, I hope we see that. I really do. Uh, what do you think about uh, people considering Smash a fighting game? Oh, um, I mean, it is a fighting game. I mean, it it's, it's its own type of fighting game. I mean, it's a, it's a battle. What do they call that? A, a I, I don't, don't even know what that's something. Yeah, it's it's some kind of niche genre, but it is a fighting genre. I mean, I'm not gonna say that a real time strategy game and a you know um, a turn based strategy game one is a real strategy game and the other isn't a strategy game because they're inter genres. You know, they're yeah. niche genres. So I, I don't understand that. Um, I think that it is a fighting game. I think it takes skill. I would get my ass handed to me if I faced half of you guys in the chat. Uh, probably 99% of you guys <laughs> in the chat on Smash, you would smash my ass. So uh, <laughs> I, I would not, you know, it takes skill. You know, and that's that shows a fighting game, in my opinion. So... You know, I know it's got weapons, it's got power-ups and stuff, but uh, it's definitely, in my opinion, a fighting game. And I don't think people who consider that a a fighting game, I don't think there's anything wrong with those people. Yeah, Um, I guess I'll give my take on it, too, um, for the rumored direct. I actually didn't, I don't know what the leaked 18 titles were, Um, so I'm completely shooting in the dark right now. Um, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that, uh, we possibly get, um, Tekken 7 to the Switch. I think it would do better on the, uh, Switch than it would on, say, the Xbox or, or the PlayStation. Because, you know, if you're looking at how Tekken 7, because I have it on PC, PS4, and Xbox, I like fighting games. Bear with me. <laughs> um, and I don't know why it's not optimized very well for the Xbox. It looks worse than Tekken Tag Tournament 2 on the 360, which is odd. But I think fighting games with this current John with this current generation, it would lead better towards being on a portable device that you can take with you, plop it, two Joy-Cons, two controllers. There you go. Um, I'm looking, I would like for them to announce that along with um, Soul Calibur 6 because both games are actually done in Unreal Engine um, Unreal Engine 4 and possibly even Dragon Ball Fighter Z because that's fully Unreal Engine 4 and I think that if we are getting uh, Blaz Blue cross tag battle, there's no reason why we can't get Dragon Ball Fighter Z. So I, those would be what I'm looking forward to, hopefully, you know, a secret amount of ports or localization of the Japanese trilogy that they released uh, Hell yeah. last year. So, you know, possibly that. Um, as far as uh, Liquid Metal, your question, um, 
about what do I think, you know, what do I think about people that consider Smash a fighting game? Um, I'm going to say I think they should alter their perspective because, it's, you know, that's like looking at Metroid Prime and the original Halo and Call of Duty. All You know, they're all first-person games, first-person shooters, but they're just different genres of first-person, you know, different subcategories of it, um, whereas Metroid Prime was still adventure-based and collect-a-thon. Halo was all about, you know, the story, the music, the co-op, and then Call of Duty at that time was just, you know, World War II. So I think if people look at it as a genre of fighting, you know, of a fighting game, they, it, it would make more sense. Is it a party game? Yes. It started out as that with the original one on the 64. But it has grown into its own category to where it basically created its own category because, you know, you've seen PlayStation, Sony copy it with PlayStation All-Stars. You've seen this other company make the um, Brawl out, try to be as close to Smash Bros. Brawl as possible. So, you know, it's a genre that was created, I think, in part, not only with the original Smash Bros. and 64, but I think also with Power Stone from Sega. Yes. Well, well, not Sega, but from Capcom. I think they created a party multiplayer fighting genre that, unfortunately, Power Stone just isn't around anymore for it. So Yeah. We got ARMS. That's close. <laughs> yeah. You know, and ARMS is a really good take or a modified take on Punch-Out, but it just yeah. didn't take off. You know, that's, yeah. That's I mean, it, it it did. I mean, it sold like, what, 1.13 1. 1, or something like that? I mean, yeah. that's not bad to sell over a million units on a, on a system at the time that had only like 7 million out. I mean, yeah, I, I think it, it did well. I think we're going to see an ARMS sequel. I, I think they're going to refine it. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I I, I definitely uh, I'm really excited for for the this direct. I mean, Nintendo has pretty much wowed me. The only one that they didn't wow me on was that Pokemon direct. And yeah. I mean, I, it was still exciting. I mean, we got Pokemon, which was it was cool. But I play like you know, once. <laughs> what's that? I played Pokemon tournament like once. Yeah, it, it's I I was disappointed in it because. I love I love 3D uh, fighters. I mean, Virtua Fighter was my jam. Uh, you know, but I, I just I don't know. It it's different, you know. That that whole rock paper scissors thing is it's something different to get into. But you know, I respect people who really dig that game, and you yeah. know, I, hey, I bought it, so <laughs> I added to the total. <laughs> yeah. All right, and that just about uh. That wraps up the Casanova podcast. Uh, I want to thank you guys for watching. I really want to give a big shout out to all of you who have been very active. I did not expect this many people to be active in the chat. I mean, this for the first one with me having a guest on it, that was amazing. So you guys are awesome for that. Jonesy the Gent, I want to thank you for being on the show, man. man no I know we've been talking about this before, but this is amazing, man. This is the very textbook definition of an organic conversation that just grew. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, no, I, I, I really appreciate you having me a part of this, man. And, and I definitely feel honored to be your first guest, man. So we definitely got to do it again. Uh, Jonesy, why don't you go ahead and tell people where they can find you at? Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, Jonesy the Gent. Uh, you can find me on Xbox, J-A, Jonesy the Gent. And, uh, you know, just hit me up. Give me, a, give me a holler, whatever. I'm down to play, whatever, man. All right, and people, you can find me here on YouTube, on Twitter. I think I have a Facebook fan page. I don't know. I don't really go on Facebook a whole lot anymore. <laughs> um, but you can also find me on Twitter. Uh, you can, if you just look up uh, Mikhail Casanova, it's Casanova with the K. Uh, there's a story behind why I picked Casanova, just because I'm just trying to. That was actually one of my stage names when I was a singer. Um, I was much skinnier back then, and I had fun. Back in my younger years, I'll just say that. <laughs> oh, <never> me. <laughs> oh God! If I could go back to my early twenties again, oh, I, <laughs> God. Anyway, so yeah, you guys find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagrams, yeah, Instagram too, and YouTube. If you look up Mikhail Casanova, you can catch this podcast here on YouTube and also on iTunes, uh, Google Play Music. Uh, Podbean, which should be coming soon, as well as Shop Engine and SoundCloud. Just look up the Casanova Podcast, and you'll be able to find it right there. All the links will be down in the description below on both the podcast and on this YouTube live stream. And with that being said, it's a wrap. If you guys want to be on the podcast, you can email me at Mikkel at MikkelCasanova.com or just shoot me a DM or just tweet to me or, you know, whatever social media I'm on, if you're on it too and you want to be on the podcast, I welcome anybody. So that's a wrap. Had a good time right here with my main man, Jonesy the Gent. Thank you all for being awesome, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace out, guys.